our last try, um, let's say it together, Psalm 67. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and shalt govern the nations upon earth. Wait a minute. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth bring forth her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the earth shall fear him. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Psalm 67. Okay, somebody have a soul winning testimony today. Yes, Scott. I'll consider this a testimony. Um, I think most people here know that my friend Joe got saved late summer. And uh, his very close aunt of 96 years old is now in hospice. Mm. Now, most Italians are Catholic, yeah. at least culturally. And uh, so we had a long discussion. She's in hospice. And I said, Joe, you have a wonderful opportunity now to share with your Aunt Connie what, what you did yeah. a couple months back. And, and talk to her about her salvation. And I sent him a digital track as well that he can use. Uh-huh. I know he still has the uh, several tracks that he received in the past, but uh, it's a testimony of someone that got saved, and now they have the opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, new in their faith, to share with someone else. And this is going to be his really his first time to do that. Wow! So I praise the Lord for that. So we pray that his Aunt Connie will stay. Yeah, amen. Okay, who else? So winning testimony. Jim. I'm very thankful for the opportunity that I had to give out uh, uh, five uh, envelopes and a couple of uh, invitations to the management and the coworkers at the bus. But uh, I don't know the, a lot of the background of uh, of the kids that ride my bus, uh, one young girl, she said to me a couple weeks ago, Mr. Jim, you're the best uh, bus driver I've ever had. <laughs> and then uh, she said after that, you know, she said, every time you come on the bus, you make me smile when you read those Bible verses because I learned those verses in Awana and I attend Union Grove Baptist Church. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, and then this, the, the last week, uh, uh, this week, uh, there was a, uh, a teenager uh, from uh, the middle school that got on the bus. Earlier in the week, they tried to 
Other troublemakers try to get him in trouble. He's, he's usually a <coughs> kid. Long story short, he same thing. He said, Mr. Jim, you're the best bus driver I've ever had. And he came to me and he said, he said, I'm so sad. He said, I am moving. Oh. And I'm moving. I'm sorry, I won't be on your bus next semester. And he said, I'm moving to Eagle. Mm. And he leaned over and gave me a hug. Wow. And I said, well, I said, Oscar, I can't do this. But I pulled out a couple of tracks, and I said, you know, the camera's right there. I said, now I'm going to take these two, and I'm going to throw them away. The, 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 the trash. trash can is right there. So I threw them right next to them. And I said, now just, you know, you just take those when you leave. <laughs> yeah. So he got the true tracks. He's moving to Eagle. Thank the Lord for the opportunity that I had. Yeah. Amen. Amen. A light in the dark world. Praise God. All right. All right, Karen. When yesterday morning I was trying to have devotions, and the Lord just was like, for weeks, I've had this sense I need to ask my sister Judy to Vespers, and I'm like, she's never going to come, right? So I'm like, all right, I need to just obey, and I put a thing on the ladies' prayer thing. I'm like, I just invited my sister Judy, please pray, because she's the one sister that her and I just have gone back and forth so much this year, and it's been more bad than good. And I just try to be sensitive to her, but it's just, it's not always good lately. It's more bad than good. So anyway, I sent her a text, and then we couldn't communicate yesterday. And she called us this morning on the way to church. Super nice, wonderful conversation. She's like, I really thank you so much for inviting me to church, but I did make plans to go to Mass tonight. But I, I'm like, it was so, I was like, thank you, Lord. So it's like, I just had to be like, I just need to obey and invite her, and, and God can do what he wants with it, but I have to obey and it was such a nice conversation on the way to church. Yes, she's not going to come, but she had, it was, I don't know, I guess, I think you know what I'm trying to say. I mm -hmm. thought she would not have a good reaction to it, but she was like, I really appreciate you guys thinking of me and asking me to come out, but I do have plans, you know, but thank you. And then we talked about some other stuff. She was really, it was just a nice, pleasant conversation, which for her and I hasn't always been the case lately. So. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, Zach. Few weeks ago, you uh, started that soul winning uh, checklist sheet and hit on that for two or three weeks straight. And just want to say um, how much a blessing that's been to me. And really, just day to day, moment by moment, you know, being aware of the Holy Spirit of God and being conscious to His leading and moving and just every part of everyday life. And uh, so, just want to say it's been a blessing to me. And you made an interesting comment a few weeks ago how you know the checklist we're going through, how. You know, marking off, you know, praying for the power of the Holy Spirit, praying for divine appointments, etc., etc. How that's not some kind of program we're doing, it's a real walk with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real interesting and true statement. And it's really made me every day when I wake up just be aware and conscious of really what's the main thing, what's the most important thing today. And so it's really helped me the last few weeks to really be conscious of everywhere I go, of souls and where I'm going. And it's one thing to go door to door or be on campus. That's pretty easy to do, but it's another thing to go out of your way when you don't necessarily need to talk to someone or you don't necessarily have to, to go out of your way to seek someone. Mm -hmm. That's hard and that really requires relying on the Holy Spirit of God. So I just want to say that in a general sense that this renewed soul winning um, checklist and fervor and zeal for that has really been a blessing to me and just really being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God moment by moment every day. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Nancy. 
I do appreciate that challenge, and I, I had the book, The Watchmen, but I never got to read it, so the challenge of reading one, I started reading it. It's an amazing book. It's an amazing person. I mean, he's an amazing person, how he witnesses and has that focus, and I'm more than, I'm almost done with it, but it's just a really good book if you haven't read it. Amen. Amen. Yep, it is. Great, great, lots of great truth. Yes, Valerie. Enjoyed going around inviting people to the live stream concert that's going to go on tonight. Uh huh. And giving them tracks and saying, This is the website, and we're going to be at five o'clock or the next day, whenever you can listen. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun. But going back to my phone, my new phone ministry, I did get a couple calls this weekend. So I was thinking, What is the most concise way to tell somebody the gospel in? when you know they're going to hang up on you. And so, um, the Lord just laid on my heart, are you 100% sure if you die tonight, you're going to go to heaven? So I decided to try that on one of my calls. And I have this feeling the Lord's going to start sending some calls. <laughs> I can't get mad if I get them. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I have to be ready for that. But um, so, so how did it work on the first one? The first one called, and I, he's, I said, I asked him, and I said, read the book of John, and it, everything went blank. I don't think, I don't think he stayed on the phone very long, but maybe he'll think about it. Uh, well, <laughs> you didn't have to try to get him off. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. That's great. New ministry. If you want to get all those phone calls, just tell Valerie, and she'll get you on that list, and They'll be selling you life insurance and car insurance and and uh, insurance on your um, on your appliances that you don't have and everything else. Okay, anyone else have so any testimony? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, free life insurance. Yeah. Okay, Pastor John, lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, different opportunities to give out Bible tracts and talk to people. And just pray you use each uh, witness that went forth this week to work in people's lives. And um, Lord, you might use it to see the gospel light penetrate in the hearts of men. We just thank you for the different opportunities Mr. Keynes uh, has had with the bus company and with riders on his bus. Mm -hmm. Just continue to work in the hearts, Lord, of these young people and also the, the uh, people at his work, pray for Oscar, you might be able to see him uh, even come out to church here, and there'd be a contact uh, with his his family, and just pray you'd open up that door, we pray for Joe, that you'd just be with him as he uh, witnesses to his aunt, just pray you'd give him a good opportunity to talk with her, and that you'd just open up her understanding to the truths of salvation, and just pray that uh, she uh, would be saved, and just pray that you would just continue to work in Karen's family and just open up, uh, give Lord opportunities for her to be able to talk with them and witness to them. And just pray that you would use the many trials in their family to help draw them to Christ. And uh, we pray you just bless our time in your word this morning and use it in our lives. And uh, we pray that you would just bless this day. We just thank you for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ coming to this earth. He might go to the cross and pay 
by the penalty for our sins. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, turn with me to the book of Genesis. I think I left my lesson in my office. Could you get that for me? Okay, Genesis chapter 24. And um, interestingly enough, we have uh, um, <clears throat> some people from the uh, Paul's class in here, so good, this is a good lesson. So we're going to talk about uh, what is the difference between, um, uh, what does the Bible say about courtship? versus um, the uh, worldly uh, viewpoint called dating. And uh, there's a world of difference, okay? Um, <clears throat> and we're going to go to the story of uh, Abraham sending his servant to find a bride for his son, Isaac. And um, there are some principles here that are important uh, that, I think it's going to, uh, we're going to deal with some uh, important principles. So let's go to Genesis chapter 24. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto the, to this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou, that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and has swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this that my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning this matter. Now, turn back to Genesis 12, and uh, this will give you a little fuller explanation of, of this uh, covenant that God had with Abraham. Genesis 12, 1, now Abraham, Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from my father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now there's a lot of things in that covenant, um, but 
uh, a key phrase here. It says, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And uh, um, we know that this covenant involves the coming of the Messiah, the line of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Um, it says, um, let's see, Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Um, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. Um, of course, the, one of the great themes of the Old Testament um, is the delineation of the seed of the family of Jesus Christ. And uh, obviously there's other peoples on the earth that were saved. Uh, we read about them in Job, and uh, we read about them, obviously, the wise men who came from the east to uh, see the Christ child. Um, remember, Abraham is only about 500 years after the flood. And uh, all those descendants of everybody who went from the flood knew who God was. And um, many of them were saved people. We would expect many of them to be uh, um, saved. Um, but here we have um, what's called the Abrahamic covenant, that God had a covenant with Abram, that he's going to give him the land, and that uh, um, in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And uh, we know that he had a son of miraculous birth, Isaac. And um, this covenant was passed on to Isaac. And um, Isaac passed on that covenant to his son, uh, Jacob. And um, we see that uh, line, of course, Jacob's son, Judah, was uh, going to be the seed of the Messiah. So, but... <clears throat> Uh, that's important background. Okay, now, um, so here we have um, Abram going to send his servant to get a bride for his son. Now, let me ask you a question. How many people did Isaac date before this? How many people did Isaac date before this? Zero. How old is Isaac, probably? About 38 or 40. Now, notice, remember, the life expectancy was a little bit longer then. Abram lived to be, um, uh, what, 150? Yep. So uh, uh, life expectancy was a little bit longer, and... Um, uh, so life, uh, the gaps of life were a little bit uh, larger. But <clears throat> um, here we, um, we find a very important principle. When did he send a servant to go uh, get a wife for Isaac? Simple answer. When he was ready to be married. When he was ready to be married. 
<clears throat> and the biblical principle is that boy-girl relationships start when you are ready to get married and not before. You don't start a relationship before you're ready to get married. That um, um, We could say some things about that, but uh, um, nobody needs um, one, two, three, four, five many marriages before they get married. They don't need one, two, three, four, five people that they give their emotions to um, and have a, a less package of emotions to give the one that they marry. Um, they don't need um, uh, to have given themselves away uh, physically to one, two, three, four, five people before they get married. Um, <clears throat> that's just not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> okay? Now, um, so timing is really a very important issue. When, when did he send a servant? When, when his son was getting ready, ready to be married. And um, there wasn't any question about it was time. And uh, um, so if it isn't time, then um, it isn't time for courtship. And certainly um, the... Uh, the uh, um, that is that just put as a important principle, okay? <clears throat> so, um, you know what the highest divorce rate in America is? Regionally, the South Bible Belt. Why? The Bible Belt is based on. Um, uh, Boy-girl relationships at a very young age. Seventh grade, eighth grade, you start having boyfriends, girlfriends. High school, you're dating steady, and if you aren't, you're going to be an old maid. And you, uh, start, you start dating and developing relationships, and girls dress like women, and uh, they dress to attract men, and they act to attract men, and, and they're not, they're not they're ready to get married, but they get married because that's what the culture says, and they're way too immature to get married. And so the highest divorce rate is in the Bible Belt, where you got Baptist churches in every corner. You would think that would be the most divorce, least divorce rate, right? But it's the opposite. Why? Because they aren't going by the Bible. They're going by That's a good point. Yeah. Up here they don't get married. They just they just commit fornication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, and then, but, especially, I mean, everything, 
Well, I remember uh, we had a young lady, a family in our church, who probably remember that, that family, um, some of the old timers, and the girl went from sixth grade to Parkview High, uh, junior high, and she t said her, to her dad, I can't, take, I can't take the pressure. Everybody, you're, you're expected to lose your virginity. That's in junior high. You're expected to be sexually active. That was 30 years ago. You think it's gotten better? I don't think so. I don't think so. But the, the whole um, stigma has been taken away. It's become it's just part of life now. Back then, it was still you know, breaking the, the barriers. OK, so timing. That's pretty, that's pretty important. Um, so <clears throat> let's put it from a different standpoint. Uh, developing a relationship, boy and girl, you know what, uh, what gets developed? Passions. You develop passions, and um, do you expect that young people are going to develop their passions and they're going to be able to control them? You're just going to say no? Is that how it works? No, that's not how it works, is it? You don't feed passions with, you know, hugging and, and building up this emotional relationship and then expect there to be nothing there. And, uh, and you can just say, oh, say no. Well, adults know better than that. What about young people that don't even know what passions are? You know what I'm saying? They don't understand the whole issue. Adults do, and adults understand that, that principle. So timing. Look at their, uh, so let me say some things about this. Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, we'll talk about credentials. <clears throat> okay. So we get um, Abram's servant gets to um, uh, this country, the homeland of Abram. Why do you sent, think he sent him to that homeland? Yes. Yeah, he didn't want to marry a heathen. Okay. He wanted to marry a heathen. He wanted to marry a Canaanite. He wanted to someone, he had to go aware there was, he knew there was faith. Not, you know, pretend. You know what I'm saying? Not pretend faith. And, uh, uh, you know, we could say a lot about this, but, um, you know, a guy will do anything to get a girl he wants. And a guy will pretend to get saved if he wants that girl. And um, it's happened one time, it happened a million times. Some girl um, dates this guy, she's saved, he isn't, and he wants to marry her. He starts going to church with her. He makes a profession of faith. They go to church um, while they're dating. They get married in the church. And that's the last time he ever, ever goes to church the rest of his life. 
Do you think that happens rarely? That happens thousands and thousands of times. They say, oh, we lead them to Christ. <laughs> that uh, is a pretty scary. Um, you know what I'm saying? A guy will do anything to get a girl. And don't think that they won't. Agreed? Yeah. They'll say anything they need to say. They'll do anything they need to say, uh, do in order to get this girl to, to get the permission, whatever that means. And uh, <clears throat> so that's kind of, uh, that comes into the park of this. Okay. So he gets to, um, 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 he gets uh, there back to Padam Aram, and uh, he prays a big prayer. He gets to the city, he says, now, Lord, um, I, I pray that the, the person that I ask for water will volunteer to give water to my camels. How much water do you think camels drink? You know, um, um, I watch my cows drink, and when the trough is empty, they can keep up with the, a three-quarter inch hose. They can keep up with a three-quarter inch hose. That's how much water they drink, and they can drink for a long time. A camel can drink a lot longer than that, can't they? And so it was a very specific prayer and, uh, and, of course, it was the sovereignty of God. He's going to a strange town. He doesn't know anybody. And guess who comes to the well? Rebecca. The daughter of, Na of um, no, Laban's her brother, right? Nahor. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, here we go. The daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padam Aram. Okay, that's verse 20, chapter 25, verse 20. Okay, so it happens. That happens. The Bible says that uh, verse 15 came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out who was born to Bethuel son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher on her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, uh, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. Wow. And she hasted and emptied their pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, held his peace. He was wondering. Wow. Right? And uh, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. You know, it was kind of like uh, when Peter got released from prison, 
knocked on the door and they says, oh, it can't be Peter. <laughs> you know, God couldn't answer that prayer. Well, he couldn't even believe God answered his prayer when he did, right? <clears throat> and the Bible says, and uh, let's see. It came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for hands of ten shekels weight. I don't know how much that was, but probably a lot. And said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said to them, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. And she said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. All right? Now, so he goes to the house. And he tells them the whole story. He tells them the whole story of um, the situation. Verse 34, and he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him flocks, herds, silver, gold, men servants, maid servants, camels, asses, and Sarah, my master's wife, Bear a son to my master when she was old, and saith, And unto him hath he given all that he hath. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to thy son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my father's house and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son. And I said unto my master, etc. And then um, uh, uh, verse four. Uh, Verse 42, behold, I stand by the well. I stood and tells, he's telling the whole story, okay? And uh, let's go forward a little bit here. Uh, verse uh, 20, 49, and now if, it be, if ye will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. Wow. Makes uh, uh, interesting. Okay. Um, so what do we learn from that? Well, Credentials. Credentials. What was Abraham's servant? What was the presentation of credentials to persuade the family that Rebekah should marry Isaac? What were the credentials? Well, first of all, <clears throat> there was an identity issue. Um, faith. Faith. We're going to put that faith and family. Number one, um, the number one issue 
is faith. You know what? Number one issue isn't uh, merely do they believe in Christ. Now, if that is the, the best you can do, that's pretty bad. It's faith. What do you believe? Oh, let's be specific. You believe that uh, women ought to wear trousers? Really? Well, then don't marry a girl who doesn't believe that women should wear trousers. Why should that girl waste her life? And the kids come along, and there's no convictions. No convictions. You know, guys will say, well, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't have any convictions about that, but, you know, I'm happy if she wants to wear, uh, doesn't want to wear trousers. I'm, I'm happy for that. I'll, su- I'll support her. But if he doesn't have any convictions, who's going to teach the kids? He's going to teach the kids no convictions. You understand what I'm saying? Um, it's, uh, uh, it's not just, oh, they know Christ. How are you going to raise those kids? How are you going to raise those kids? And if there isn't agreement, you have nothing. We had a class like this one time in Sunday school, and I said, if you have a, a, um, if you have a home where the wife has convictions and the father has few convictions, what do you have? Yeah, the wife very brokenly, a wife brokenly out loud said, you have nothing. You have nothing. In other words, I can't tell my kids what to do. I can't guide them about what's right and wrong because we don't have any conviction in our home. And uh, so faith, you know, um, you ask the big, you ask the big questions about life. <laughs> you know, big questions about the purpose of life and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? And then, uh, who are you? Well, we're family. Did you know that when you marry somebody, you don't just marry them? You marry the family. You marry the family. I was talking to a young um, evangelist, sold out to the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> he was weak on alcohol. He didn't drink, but he couldn't preach with conviction about alcohol. And I, I was talking to him, and he said, well, you know, um, my brother-in-law thinks it's okay for Christians to drink. And what was he telling me? He says, I am weak. I don't, it's hard for me to take a strong stand on this because I have to take a, I'd have to take a stand against my family, Christian family. And their position is making him weak. 
You understand what I'm saying? Their position is making him weak in his ability to stand for truth because he's got family pressures. This, this family person who's, who's a strong Christian blames it, okay, this person, blah, blah, blah. You know, you marry the family. Don't ever think you don't marry the family. You marry the family. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, what were the credentials? Faith and family. Okay, what was the other credentials? Well, what did he say? He's got um, flocks and herds and camels and maidservants and men servants. What was he? Bra- was he bragging about um, his position, or was he giving the credentials that he can take care properly? Um, uh, of a wife, was he presenting the credentials that he has the blessing of God upon him? What, what do you think? He has the blessings of God upon him. These are spiritual blessings from the God of heaven. Okay? Now, I understand <clears throat> that uh, um, there are certain realities there. Um, you know, my wife uh, and I married, and we didn't have much money. We didn't have much money for a long time. And, uh, um, but um, she didn't marry a sluggard. She didn't marry a person that didn't know how to work. She didn't marry a person who was flippant with his money. She didn't marry a, a person who um, was going to um, uh, be selfish and to spend money on himself and let the family starve. You, you know what I'm saying? But the whole issue was matu- maturity and financial security. So, um, what, what do they, you know what the Milwaukee Journal family section one time said? Until debt do us part. Until debt do us part. And uh, one of the big issues of life is money. And um, a debt, and all that goes with it. It's all about. It's about character. It's about spiritual maturity. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, this is pretty simplistic, but would um, if there's this fellow that doesn't tithe, maybe doesn't know yet, but obviously they would have to. They should be able grown in the Lord for a while, but um, if this fellow never tithed, why would you why would you even think that this person was a candidate? You want to curse on your family? Is there a curse for those who don't tithe? Yeah, there's a curse. <laughs> why would you ever think about that? You, you know what I'm saying? 
That's a part of credentials. And Abraham's saying, I have the blessing of God upon my life. And my son is a part of that blessing. Okay. So um, financial security. Okay. Obviously, circumstances aren't are, are involved. But in this one, it was uh, the leading of God. It was pretty specific. Okay, well, we have two minutes here. Number three, focus. What was the key principle of the whole situation? Continuation of the Abrahamic covenant. That was the main issue. The continuation of the Abrahamic covenant. Isaac was the line of Christ. And this was the most important thing. Um, uh, the line of the Messiah, the future of the godly seed. Really, that's um, number one issue, the godly seed. Really, what is the godly seed? The godly seed, in my opinion, is not only, it is really the seed that will um, stand against the world as the world continues to go downhill. The seed that will stand against the world as the world continues to go downhill. And uh, <clears throat> now, we came to McQuanago, you know, 45, 47 years ago, and the church of the area was East Troy Bible Church. And the area was filled with people whose parents had gone to East Troy Bible Church and their children had married. And many of those children um, married unsaved people, married Worldly people, um, you name it, only one generation away, and this whole territory is at that point was filled with families with children that did nothing for God, but they were raised in the church, because the most important thing about those relationships was not godliness <laughs> or God. Something else was more important than that. And um, the real issue is what kind of grandchildren are going to be raised. That's the real issue, isn't it? What kind of grandchildren are going to be raised? That's the continue. Yes? So, so this story you elicited as an example, are you saying that this is saying that parents should arrange their children's marriages? Is that basically what you're saying the story is? Um, we didn't get that far. But um, <clears throat> certainly it is the parent's responsibility to make sure that nothing happens outside of these principles. The parents establish what the biblical principles are of, of courtship or whatever you want to call it. That's Bible, okay? That's that's a completely different, that's, we're not talking about arranged marriages, okay? 
But <clears throat> we're talking about what are the principles, okay? What are the principles? Um, now, let's go one other step. The Bible says a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. The Bible tells us that you leave one authority to establish a second authority, a new authority. And Isaac is under his parents' authority even in this. <laughs> They're not, he's not acting independently. Now, um, did Rebecca have a choice? Yes. She had a choice. Do you want to go? You marry him? Yes. It wasn't arranged marriage. It was her choice. But the principles that are here are established by parents, okay? And they're to be taught to the young people that this is the way it is, okay? So that's completely different. Although, we'll have to say, and I'm just, if you want to, in countries that even aren't Christian, that have a completely different system, um, they don't have the problems that American marriages do. They have another set of problems. <laughs> okay? Um, so the key is the godly seed. Number four, purpose. What was the purpose of the assignment? Marriage or practice? Was the purpose marriage or practice? It was marriage. Okay? Not practice. It's, it's for the real deal. And um, the world is all about practice. Right? Let's practice, see if this works. No. Um, it's not. It, it's completely different than that. Five. Compare and contrast each of these principles with American frolicking and dating. Well, we aren't going to have time to do it all, but uh, um, timing, dating has nothing to do with you're ready to get married. Dating has to do with I want to I play games with girls or boys. It has nothing to do with marriage. Um, <clears throat> What about um, um, maturity? Well, the real issue is the problem is immaturity and lack of responsibility. Right? Yes. At first, scoffed at all the courtship stuff, but as time has gone on, through his own testimony, It is, but um, but have to be, there has to be Bible principles, and um, um, <clears throat> so really, American dating is more about peer pressure. It's more about flesh. Has more about emotions. 
it's not about a godly seed. <laughs> that's, that's one of the last things that, you know, how do you think about this? You know, we aren't, this isn't where we're at, but you think about what the world is doing. You have a guy and this girl, and who knows the situation, they both give up their virginity, or they may be given it up 20 times, and uh, they're dating. And they, let's say, have a move-in relationship, okay? So, if they can disobey God's law before they're married, are there going to be some kind of magic that after they get married, they're going to be obey God's law? No. It's just common sense. It's like Proverbs 1. The thief says, hey, come join us. We want to go in this. We want to rob this guy, and we'll promise we'll share with you equally. What a joke. <laughs> he says, the thief can tell the truth. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? That's the, same, that's the same principle. You talk about insecurity. A marriage is full of insecurity when there's been in, uh, violation of God's law before the marriage. There's unbelievable. They can't deal with any problems because why? Well, there's no commitment to God's law. And, you know, divorce is the threatening word. Unseen or unspoken or whatever, it's there because there's no loyalty to God. I obey God and any cost. You know what I'm saying? And so that's really a pretty big... Uh... Now, on the other hand, if you think that, that if young people will come under their parents' authority who want God to be first, that's a pretty good indication they're going to come under God's authority in their marriage. Wouldn't you agree with that? If they can come under human authority in their courtship, their parents, well then, in that marriage, there's a big, a greater possibility they're going to come under God's authority, right? When the parents aren't around or they're not there. So it's kind of, you know, all this works together. We got to stop. We don't, uh, I probably shouldn't, shouldn't. Okay, <clears throat> number six is how does this affect raising children? Affects everything. <laughs> it affects everything. <clears throat> so you think about, I'll make this one last count. Think how much, how much time people, young people waste dating when they should be developing their life. Hundreds of hours of spending with boys or girls and, and all of that stuff when they, they should be developing their character and their integrity and bringing something to the altar that's worth bringing. <laughs> you know? But our culture is wasting, young people wasting their time on foolishness besides all the scars and everything else. Okay, well, we might have to come back to this.
like normal, right, Zach? We, we get into something, and we go to the next thing. But uh, this is worth, you can throw some questions at us. Lord, pray, bless these truths in Jesus' name.